Welcome to Crossroad Church's Sermon of the Week podcast. We hope you enjoy this message by Pastor Bob Ellis. Today's message is going to come out of Luke chapter 5, verse 27, all the way to verse 32. And, and it's really the last message that I'm going to preach on the theme of kaleo. Kaleo is the Greek word and is the Greek word for called. And as I've been referencing it over the last month, it's, it's really looking at how we maybe understand call in our society versus how this word was really used through in, in New Testament Greek, how it was, how it was used to communicate um, who they were and what was expected of them as believers. And so I'm going to finish off with um, a story where, where Jesus... Is, is inviting someone who was probably the least likely when you think about forming a team. Um, but he, he, he invites a guy named Matthew. We, we know of him as Matthew, but he's referred to as Levi in this passage. The Bible says, Later, as Jesus left the town, he saw a tax collector named Levi sitting at his tax collector's booth. Follow me and be my disciple, Jesus said to him. So Levi got up and left everything. And followed him. And later, Levi held a banquet in his home with Jesus as the guest of honor. And many of Levi's fellow tax collectors and other guests also ate with them. But the Pharisees and their teachers of religious law complained bitterly to Jesus' disciples. Why do you eat and drink with such scum? Jesus answered them, healthy people don't need a doctor. Sick people do. I have come to call those who think they are righteous. I have not called, sorry, to call those who think they're righteous, but those who know they are sinners and need to repent. Jesus is is, uh, reaching out to someone, Levi, who was, was really considered, as we've looked here over the years, the position of a tax collector wasn't someone who was very thought well of uh, in that day, well, probably not thought very well of in our day, but but they were the people who would skim off the top, and and not only would they take too much for Rome, but they would take too much for themselves. But Jesus invites him to be a, become a disciple, and 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 there's a few things I want to look at a little later on. But before we get to that. I think it's interesting what, what, what pops up here in verse 28. It says, Levi was invited to follow Jesus as a disciple. And it says he got up and left everything and followed him. There are some lessons here with the life of Levi that I think translate into Christianity and the calling. He says to him, come and be my disciple. He calls him, he invites him to come and follow him. But, but what's interesting is not the fact that he called or invited him, and that was interesting to some people and maybe uh, to those who rejected the idea that, that Matthew or Levi could be a good disciple, but the idea of, of what happened after the invitation. It says he, he, he left everything. When, when you and I are called to become Christians, what did we leave? What was left behind? And... And I don't know if it's lost something over the course of time, whether it's society, whether it's the, the rhythms of our lives that we live in, in the busyness and, and all that goes into being who we are and how we do life. 
have we lost a little of this? It says that Levi had his job. He had his, he had his desk job. And Jesus says, I want you to leave that and then really discover your purpose. Discover why you are meant to be here. What, what is your purpose in life? He says he gets up and he leaves everything. See, you and I, are, as Christians, we're called to follow Christ, but sometimes we follow him, but we also continue simultaneously with other things. And, and maybe that's how we, we, we justify it by saying what's well, life. But there was something that the early church understood about calling that I don't know that it's translated quite so much in our day and time. The idea that I will leave everything and follow Christ. That when to experience a calling, a kaleo, means this, these other things are gone. I'm going to leave everything. My, my sole priority will be to follow Christ. And, and even Christians later on, like the Apostle Paul, who would work as a tent maker, he still, he would work, but his, his, that was to supply his needs to do what he was called to do. You and I have been called to follow Christ. But I, I sometimes think the, the order is we will follow Christ after we do our daily routine. Instead of our daily routine or our daily job helping us to, to fulfill the call. And so maybe we've got it upside down, but, but Levi gets it. He's been invited to be a disciple. He's been called to be a disciple, and he leaves everything. And, and, and then after this, he wants other people to experience this, this call that he's had. And, and so he has a party in, in Jesus' name, a banquet. Uh, Jesus is the guest of honor. And, and he tells people, Jesus is coming to my house. Would you come and have a meal with me? And, and what's pretty interesting is when you invite a guest speaker to a conference or to an event, it's usually a big name. You try to get a big name if you can afford a big name, and, and that draws a crowd. Well, Jesus would draw a crowd everywhere that he went. It, the, the fact that Levi is telling people, Jesus is going to be in my home tonight, it, it, it would draw people. This would be... Um, this would be a, a, an advertisement in itself. They were going to want to come and hear their curiosity, and some would have wanted to come and be healed, but they wanted to catch some time with Jesus because of his popularity. And, and so he has this banquet, and, and, and people show up, and it says that many of Levi's fellow tax collectors and other guests also ate with them. So there's a lot of people there. But in verse 30 it says, but the Pharisees and their teachers of religious law complained. Some versions will, will translate that grumbled. And they grumbled to Jesus' disciples and, and, and they're like, why is he spending time with these people? These aren't the type of people that make good disciples. These aren't the people that you would typically call. And, and, and Jesus catches this, catches wind of this, and he says, healthy people don't need a doctor. Sick people do. I've come to call not those who think they're righteous, but those who know that they're sinners and need to repent. See, Jesus sees the calling differently than, than, than I think the Pharisees did for sure, and maybe even how we see the calling. See, the Bible teaches us that, 
that Jesus was concerned about things that I think we should be concerned about. What concerns him should concern us. He was concerned about Matthew or or Levi, as he goes by it here in Luke chapter 5. And he says in verse 31, healthy people don't need a doctor, it's sick people. Jesus is expressing that that if you've already got it figured out theologically and, and, and you're good with God spiritually, then you don't need the help that someone else does. But this man and his friends, they need help. And so what's happening is Jesus is showing a level of concern for people that weren't really being shown that type of concern, especially by the religious elites. The Bible says in John chapter 13, it says a new commandment. Jesus talking to his disciples, explaining things to them. He said, a new commandment I give you, that you love one another. Just as I have loved you, you also are to love one another. By this, all people will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. When Jesus was spending time with Matthew and, or, or Levi, what, what he was saying was, these people matter to me. I'm concerned about these people. And then he finishes off by saying, I'm concerned about their soul. What concerns God should concern us. The reason he called Matthew was he was concerned for Matthew's soul. He was concerned for his friends that he would later invite that day who would, who would find out the truth, the way, the truth, and the life. Because that's what Jesus was and is and is to come. Jesus was concerned for these people. And, and, and these lessons that we see from Levi, I think, as, as it relates to the calling, is he was willing to give up everything. But from Jesus' perspective, he was concerned about Levi and Levi's friends. We need to care about what God cares about. We need to be concerned about what God is concerned with. But what happens is we get wrapped up, and I, and I say that we because I know I do, the cares and the concerns of this world. In fact, they, they start to squeeze out margin from our lives to where those things take up the whole page. I remember when I was trying to do um, writing projects and, and I had to turn in term papers and things of that nature in, in college, you'd have to submit a four-page paper or a seven-page paper, sometimes even a 12- or 13-page paper. And what was, what was great about... Uh, uh, about knowing how to, to make those papers is sometimes you could adjust the margins a little bit. And by adjusting the margins just ever so slightly, you could get an extra page out of it, um, even though you really were, were not adding any more content. You know, that's what's happened to us in our lives. We've, we, the life starts to squeeze us uh, so much that really we're getting less and less out of what we're doing. And, and then that rolls into our Christian lives. And then it rolls into what we are concerned about. So that we start our, becoming so concerned with our concerns that we forget to carry the concerns of others. Paul writes later in the book of Galatians chapter 6. He says, bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of God. Or so fulfill the law of Christ. You and I have been called to, con- to, to care for or to be concerned for the concerns of others. Another word for that is burdened. Have you ever been so burdened 
that you just needed to talk to somebody or you, you just wished someone could help alleviate that burden? Yes, we all have. We've all been overwhelmed. We've all been so burdened that it was almost paralyzing at some point or time. We felt like we couldn't, we just, how do I move forward? How do I get anything done because this is so heavy on me? The Bible says God's concerned about those things. We should be concerned about others because they are burdened and overwhelmed. And, and, and if, we, if we see these lessons from Levi, he called Levi because he was concerned for him. Just as he's concerned for us. And just as he wants us to be concerned for others. Jesus used a term here. He said, or a phrase, he says, healthy people don't need a doctor. Only sick people do. For, for years, you know, when you, when you think about the church, you think, oh, the church is the place where you go and you worship God. And, and that's true. The church is the place of prayer. My house would be called a house of prayer. There's all kinds of terms to describe what would happen. It's the, it's the place that you go and, and worship on the, on, the, on the Sabbath day. It's the day, it's the place that you go and you meet people and believers of, of, of like-mindedness. But I don't know that maybe as a kid growing up and going to church, it was part of my everyday life and loved or my, my, my church life. And we had our Wednesday night or Sunday or Sunday night. And I loved being a part of church. I look forward to, to the, not only being there, but even the people that we're going to be there and doing life with. But I never really thought, at least in those days, like I, I think I see a little differently now, that the church is is not so much of this, um, and if I could use it this way, um, it's not so much a, of, a, of a gym as it is a care center or a hospital. For instance, if you go into a gymnasium or you go into a gym where they have all these different weights, you know, one of the things that's intimidating about going into a gym is you've got these guys who've got their muscle shirts and then they're, they're lifting and they know how to use the different, way, uh, the different machines. Have you ever gone into a gym and, and you see this, this machine and you're like, I'm not even sure how to sit on this machine, much less make the whole thing work. I don't even know how much weight to put on it. But there are these people in there and then they're, they're just making the machine work and, and they're in the right position and it, it's like, oh, they're, they're pros at this. And, and if you look around at this gym, you see all these super healthy people. And I think sometimes people think the only way I should go to church is if I get healthy, if I know how everything's supposed to work and, 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 and maybe as you've gone into a gym and felt intimidated because you didn't know how the machines work or maybe you didn't like how you look compared to someone else looked, you think, oh, I don't belong here. I, I think the same thing happens in church, that people think of the church as, oh, that's a gym. I can't go there. And, and, and we need to change that mentality because Jesus said the church isn't for those. It, it's, it's for the, it, the church is for those who are sick. We need to see the church as more of a care center. The Bible says in James chapter 5, it says, Is anyone among you sick? Let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith will save the one who is sick and the Lord will raise him up. And if he has committed sins, he will be forgiven. Therefore, confess your sins one to another and pray to one another that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person has great power 
as it is working. If we can somehow flip the script on this and, and, and see the church and see those who've been called to be part of the church in, in the same light that Jesus is describing in Luke chapter 5, we will see that the church is more of an ER. It's more of a triage. It's more of a care center than it is um, uh, a gym. It, he's called us to care for and be concerned for and be part of the healing of those who are broken. In fact, it says they're physically sick, but then it mentions spiritually sick. So if someone is sick among you, there's this strategy that you're supposed to do. Or there's this, I don't want to use the word formula, but he says if someone's sick, you anoint them with oil. You bring the believers, the, the, the elders of the church. Well, what's the significance of an elder? I mean, I would say at least in terms of experience, an elder should be someone who has been there, done that. Um, their faith has been made strong because somewhere along the way it had been made strong through the trials of life, the perseverance, through what they've learned from other people, from their elders. And, and so as your faith grows, uh, you get stronger and kind of fall into this category of being a, having a little more faith than someone else. And, and so in church, what should happen is people who have more faith, they come along people who are sick and can pray and believe with them that God would heal them. And I'm not saying that people who are older in their faith don't need others to come around them and have faith for them. But the idea is that the church is a place where people who are sick can get prayed for. And the Bible says that people will be healed. And sometimes I know... We, we pray these prayers and some are healed in some ways and some are healed in others. And, and sometimes we don't understand how God does what he does. But the church should be caring for the sick and not saying, well, I haven't seen God answer that prayer in a while. I'm going to stop doing that. No, he says if there's someone sick, the church should be caring for them. And it also says if someone has committed sins, that they should be confessing their sins one to another, praying for them and getting forgiven and healed. This is what Jesus was doing with Luke in, or with Levi in Luke chapter 5. He's there in his house and he's got other people just like Levi there. And, and, and they were considered by the Pharisees as scum or sinners. And Jesus says, that's who I'm called to. And, and we need to understand that that was a concern for Jesus. That was an important thing for Jesus. That he came for those who are not only hurting physically, but those who are hurting spiritually. And can you imagine if the church were this place where people could confess their sins one to another? What, what typically happens is people come into a church like that gym and they pretend like they are all that. And, and, and in that, just that openness. So then what happens is they carry, carry this hurt and it's built up inside of them. And so God's calling them to freedom. God's calling them to healing. But because the church has lost sight of the calling, we are not helpful in the healing part. We're called to be a care center. We're called to be concerned for those who God is concerned for. Jesus rebukes the people who tell him who he's allowed to hang out with and who he's not. Uh, and I'm sure most of you wouldn't appreciate that either. Jesus lets us know who he came to call. And he says this in verse 32. I have come to call those, to not those who think they're righteous, 
but those who know they are sinners and need to repent. Jesus called those people for more. He's calling you and I for more. And and it's more than just, just, oh, you're a bad person. That's not what Jesus, Jesus is not saying to these people, you're bad. And if you read it like that, you're going to miss something. You're going to like, if you read it like Jesus' response is to the Pharisees, oh, the people I'm with, they're, they're, they're evil, wicked sinners. And I, and I have to help them. Well, he is there for people who recognize their need to be healed spiritually. The Pharisees thought they'd already had it figured out. And he's like, well, if you've got it figured out, I don't need to help you. But he wasn't putting down those who were, um, were in this category. Because the Bible says we've all sinned. And we've all fallen short of the glory of God. This is why Jesus came in the first place. Because we've all sinned. And, and, and what I meant by Jesus has called us to more was after the repentance, then he calls, like Matthew, to be a disciple to make disciples. The really cool thing and one of the lessons I like from, from Levi or Matthew's life, most historians would, they feel pretty, pretty sure that this is the same author of Matthew's gospel. Think about it. The Pharisees said, this guy's a reject, or at least he's an outcast, or at least he's, uh, he's someone unworthy to invest your time in. And Jesus says, I'm going to call him because I've got something more for him. He goes on to, to, to pin one of the gospel accounts of Jesus' life. God has something more for each and every one of us. He's called us to be his disciples, to, to drop everything, but also to be concerned for others and to carry their burdens. And to be part of this care center where we're serving those who have needs. But what does God, God, what does God have in store for you and for me later? That's what's amazing. There's something more. The scripture says in John chapter 15, it says, You didn't choose me, I chose you. I appointed you to go and produce lasting fruit. So that the Father will give you whatever you ask for using my name. Another, another verse says, "Much go and produce much fruit. In another place, Jesus says, you're going to do more than I ever did. Did you know God has called you and he's called me to more? And I'm not saying we're going to write a gospel. Uh, I'm not saying we're going to write some, uh, a story that's going to be read by thousands of Christians. But he's called us to more. He's called us to drop everything and to care for the things that he cares about. And if we'll do that, we're going to see lasting fruit. The church has been called to more. And I think we got some lessons that we can learn from the life of Levi. Let's pray. God, I thank you for how you do call. I thank you for the call in my life that I uh, so powerfully sensed so many years ago. Lord, help me not to forget the call. Help me not to forget that you're calling others. And uh, to keep my eyes open for, for people that you want to reach out to, maybe through me and through, through the influence that I may have over that little group of people. Just like everyone who's listening to this message today has a circle of friends that they can influence. Just like Levi invited his friends over to meet Jesus. God, you've called us to, to share our friends with you. You've called us to so much more. 
Would we be concerned about the things that concern you? Would we learn that we too have been called to so much more? We pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. For more information about this podcast and other ministries, visit crossroadstx.church. Thank you.